you. Welcome to Unapologetically You, a podcast all about life's ups and downs and learning to navigate your own journey through the power of storytelling. I'm Kim. And I'm Tara. Kim and I happen to be pretty good friends, and we've always wanted to do a podcast together. Over the last several years, we've had the opportunity to hear many different people share their stories with us. And what we've realized is that by listening to you, we've been able to recognize how different yet how similar we all are. We internalized these stories and learned that honestly, the most inspiring lessons come from some of the darkest times in our lives. It can be hard to share moments that maybe you're not too proud of or memories that honestly you might not want to recall, but learning the outcome of these stories is what helps us all grow. These amazing stories have inspired us to become better humans and create this podcast to inspire others to heal and grow by listening to each other. Stay tuned for our first podcast. We're super excited to share it with you. Our very first guest today, Danielle, will be sharing her story with us. This story will make you hold your loved ones a little bit closer and recognize the power of your own internal strength. Welcome, Danielle. We're super excited to have you as our first guest. Thank you for being our guinea pig. Thanks for having me. If you wanted to go ahead and maybe just start off with telling us a little bit about like where you grew up, Danielle, and that can kind of lead into some of some of the bigger points in your life that we're kind of trying to get up, yeah, trying to get sure. across today. For sure. My parents lived in Round Lake when I was born, and then I moved in kindergarten to Streamwood, and then I moved to in sixth grade to Palatine. And I graduated from Palatine and then left six months after high school graduation to follow my then fiance to California. How did you meet? How how and when did you and CJ meet? (laughs) We met in eighth grade. We had gone to different elementary schools, went to the same junior high, which was only seventh and eighth grade. And a friend of mine was the boys track coach assistant. And she was going out of town. And I knew the teacher that was the coach. And they're like, hey, can you fill in kind of just doing stats for this meet? And CJ was one of the guys on the track team that I had no idea who he was that's how we met and then and then the whole summer between eighth grade and high school we kind of just kept running into each other at the Mm -hmm. same graduation party so we had the same circle of friends and we didn't know it so you guys started dating then technically like going into freshman year of high school yeah Yep. So we graduated eighth grade in June and we were like officially started dating the beginning of August but we'd spent the whole summer together So then did you guys go to the same high school? Yeah, we went to the same high school. During that high school period in your life, did you and CJ ever break up or did you guys ever have any issues? Nope. (laughs) No, we we never broke up, never really had any fights. So then what happened when you guys graduated high school? Um, I knew... Like from the moment that I met CJ, he was going to go into the military. That's something that he always wanted to do. Uh, His grandfather had been in the Marine Corps. His uncle was in the Air Force. Um, So when I met him, he he always knew he wanted to be in the military. Probably by our sophomore year is when he started getting more organized as far as like, okay, if I go to this branch of the military, where would we live? What kind of uh, opportunities do they have for us? Opportunities for my career? looked at different parts of each branch and their special forces and things like that because that was a goal of his. And it eventually came down to the Marine Corps. 
and the summer between junior and senior year, he had the recruiter come to the house and you can have your parents sign off that you're technically signing at 17. But then that whole first year, you're still in high school. Okay. So I remember being there. Like I was at his parents' house when the recruiter came and the recruiter was like, I mean, you're involved with this as much as they are. And the recruiter knew me at high school and it was just kind of like, you're signing it too, pretty much. Right. Like that's kind of wild. Like at 17 years old, right? You, yeah, I had just turned 17. At that point, you know, when you're watching like CJ basically sign these papers, mm-hmm. was it in your head at that point that like, I'm going to marry this guy yes. and I'm going to go with him? Yep. So that was like, you guys had talked about that before he even signed? Um, Kind of. He was going to do four years in the Marine Corps. And at that point, I had signed to U of I in Champaign-Urbana. I had my scholarships. We were working on room assignments, like discussing meal plans with my parents. Mm -hmm. And I came home in May, at the beginning of May of senior year. And I'm like, I'm not going. And my parents were like, excuse me? What do you mean you're not going? We had prom, senior prom, Mother's Day weekend. Um, Two weekends later, I turned 18 over Memorial Weekend. The weekend after that, we had high school graduation. Mm -hmm. And the weekend after that, he proposed at night and left for boot camp the next morning. So tell us about that. I mean, everything was just kind of normal. We hadn't discussed as far as... Like, we're going to get married or we're not. It was just kind of like, let's see where this goes. And most likely, I'm just going to end up following you at some point. And he proposed the night before. He's like, we're we're just doing this together. And I'm going to leave with you as my fiance and not my girlfriend. So what did your parents say and his parents say when you're 18 years old, you've just graduated like a week before and now you're engaged? (laughs) Um, shock. I came home and showed my mom and she's like, okay, that's nice. Like she was just like, <laughs> shocked. like just was like, I don't, didn't even know what to say. How do you go from prom and graduation and your 18th birthday to uh, you're engaged and he's leaving in the morning. My dad was like, yeah, all right. I saw it coming, you know, very laid back. And his parents, we were more concerned about like, getting home and telling my parents, then I think his parents just kind of saw it coming. And we're more concerned about their only child leaving in the morning for the military. I flew out there in November. Mm-hmm. And then he came home in December. And we're like, this is stupid. We just need to get married. Like, there's no point in waiting the four years mm-hmm. till I'm done with school or till he's done with the first contract. And my parents are very traditional. And they're like, you will not live together until you are married. So I said, okay, well, Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I flew to California um, in the middle of January after he had gone back after Christmas break. We saw a bunch of uh, wedding venues, flew back to Chicago, picked one, and got married six weeks later. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that. So was your whole family able to come out there and his family? No. We probably had like 40, 50 people. Like, it's so crazy, I guess, to me. I kind of look at it. I'm like, you were 18 years old and you were so mm-hmm. sure. Like, yeah. I, it took me 10 years dating my husband before <laughs> yeah. I said, all right, this is happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We were like, nope, this is it. We're just, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And so then once you were married, you guys were able to get a place together right away. Yep. So we got married at the end of February. I came back to Chicago for like two weeks while he submitted everything to the Marine Corps. 
and flew okay. out two weeks later with a couple of suitcases and the cat. And he picked me up at the airport. And he's like, okay, this is where we live now. And then we didn't get pregnant until November. And I found out I was pregnant um, in December. And it was kind of like, if we get pregnant this weekend, like, because he was leaving for more training. If we get pregnant this weekend, great. And if not, we're going to have to try after deployment. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of how it works. Do you want to get pregnant? And then dad's around for the pregnancy, but he he risk it, risks missing the birth? Or do you go the other way uh, that like you try and plan it better and you try and plan it as close to a deployment as you can and hope that they make it back for the birth? So it was kind okay. of like, well, if we get pregnant, mm -hmm. we get pregnant, we're young. There was really like, we're like, it's going to happen, whatever. It's not a big deal. We're 19 and 20 years old. We've got plenty of time. He left for the training for two weeks and then came back mm -hmm. and we had a positive pregnancy test. So that was in the beginning of December. And we said, okay, we're just going to wait until we go home. We knew we were going home at Christmas. That's right. when we'll tell everybody. It's his leave before deploying. So you get a little bit extra time. That's when we'll tell everyone. Was that his first deployment then that was too? his first deployment. Um, in that time, we had been with a different unit. And that unit broke down and we went to a new unit. So right when we fell into that new unit, it was kind of just the work up to get ready for deployment. So we came home at Christmas and we're like, you know, surprise, we've been married for 10 months. He's deploying in a couple of weeks and I'm pregnant. Ta-da! <laughs> Again, my mom was like, okay, all right. Um, no, you're not pregnant. I'm like, oh, no, I am. Like, no, you're not pregnant. I'm like, no, I am. Then my dad again is like, oh, I knew it. We told everybody, like the extended family at Christmas. Uh, we went back to California um, with the military. You don't have like an exact deployment day until like the day before. And that's just security reasons. And you can't. Okay. Yeah. So we knew we probably had about like a week to 10 days. I went to the hospital to do like your 10 week blood work. They were trying mm -hmm. to guess your due date. So you're just like, well, I want to see an ultrasound. And they're like, you're not having an ultrasound at 10 weeks. There's nothing to see. Like, it's only going to make you worry because you're not going to hear a heartbeat. It's going to make you nervous. It's not because there's something wrong with the baby. It's just really early in the pregnancy. And so I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, okay, this is great. And CJ goes on the hallway mm -hmm. and then they come back in and the doctor's like, so we're going to do an ultrasound today. <laughs> I guess CJ took him in the hall and was like, I'm deploying in a few days. I want to see my baby. You're going to do an ultrasound. So I'm laying there and they're doing the ultrasound. And the doctor goes, oh, there's two. And I said, oh, that's really funny. How many times a day do you pull this joke on, you know, a bunch of young 19, 20, 21-year-olds in the military? Like, you're real funny. And I looked over and CJ's jaw was on the floor. And I was like, Oh my God, there is two. There's two kids and I am 19 Aww. and you are uh. 20 and you are deploying any day now. And I am clear across the country from my family and I'm signed up to start college classes in two weeks. Oh, oh my God. What is going to happen? Oh so then I had to call, then we had to call all of right. my family and they're like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, you know, CJ's probably leaving during this weekend. There's two. And they're like, <laughs> oh my God. So it was um, a shock. And so then you start playing the game like, okay, is he going to make it 
in time for the birth. He was, so he deployed January to July of 2008. It's very different now. There was not much communication. He had like a shared email address with someone else that he was able to use like once, once a week, once every two weeks. Um, I think he called once a month and it was for like 10 minutes. Um, it really was like sleeping with your computer next to you if they like if you would get some type of message so i had found out what the gender was of the babies because i didn't want to find out the gender and he didn't either but we were like okay there's two and with two comes a risk for an early birth and if i can't get in contact with him we don't even have names for these babies so let's just find out and i found out on saint patrick's day Mm -hmm. like I'm going to send you a cute little care package and it'll be a surprise. He's like, I'm not going to get that box for two months. Just tell me what we're having. So I know because we assumed one of each, two girls. I'm like, no, it's two boys. And he was just shocked. And then you got to play the game. You're talking and emailing maybe once a week. And you're like, what do we name this other baby? Mm -hmm. How did you get through that moment? Like not having like that constant person in your life that's like, you know, everything. And like, you were so young, Danielle, and like pregnant with twins by yourself, you know, like, was uh, there anything? I had my college classes that I could go to. Um, I wasn't working because the doctor said, you're too high risk. So you can work or you can go to school. And I had already mm-hmm. enrolled in school. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the classes. That's fine. I was very sick. I had hyperemesis, which is um, the nausea all day, all night. So like literally would go grocery shopping and make sure I had like a barf bag in my purse because oh, at awful. any point you can throw up, you get very lightheaded, um, it's tiring. So I, I slept when I needed to, I went to classes and then in May I moved us from a one bedroom to a two bedroom. My mom came out to help with like the bigger furniture, did finals and moved us into the two bedroom and then just kind of hung out. So at this point, you're out in California, CJ's gone, and all of your family is home in Illinois. So did you have a support system in California? No, because all the wives went home. Most of them just moved home. Most girls just moved home during the deployment. They had no reason to stay. And I was like, why would I leave? Like, I'm signed up for classes. This Mm -hmm. is where we live. Well, that's your life now. Yeah, that's my life now. Right, because then if you move home you leave your apartment. So then when they come back, you got to get a new apartment, you got to move everything in again. And a lot of people do it. I mean, it makes Mm -hmm. sense financially to if you can move back with your parents and save that money, that's great. But I was like, there's no reason to like, this is our right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's go. What it is. Right. So that's so hard being out there all by yourself like that. We my mom came for a couple visits when she could. Mm -hmm. And then Somewhere between like the middle of end of June, she came to stay. So they Mm -hmm. were at risk for something called twin to twin transfusion. So (sighs) mom came at that point because, again, they kept telling me, oh, you're not going to go past 30 weeks. They're going to be small. Mm -hmm. Be prepared for a NICU stay. You're not going to go past the end of May. Um, And I I kept going into preterm labor because I was very big. they kept admitting me. They're in, you're in labor. I'm like, I'm not in labor. Nope. They, his, their dad will be here. It's okay. 
in the military, I mean, I don't know what they show you in the movies. It's, it's not like that. They're not going to call your husband and be like, oh, she's in labor, send him home. No, it's not like that. I didn't know when he was coming home until he literally was on mm -hmm. the plane and was like, I'll be home in 12 hours. And so I'm like, nope, these were, were, I'm not having these kids. And sure enough, I picked him up at noon from the base. Very large. You have to imagine mm -hmm. he, when he left, I had like a little bump, like just mm -hmm, yeah. kind of bloated. And he came home and I was huge. I could barely drive because my belly <laughs> oh was just the way of the steering wheel. Um, I picked him up at noon. I didn't get to see like the whole ceremony as far as standing out like on the parade deck and them coming off the buses and everything. Cause he's like, you are too big. Mm -hmm. Just wait in the car. We can't risk you like going into labor out there. Um, we got home. He's like, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to pack a couple of things and make a sandwich. I'm going to catch up on sports from the last six months. I'm like, I'm in labor. He's like, what do you mean you're in labor? <laughs> like, it's time. <laughs> He's like, no, I just walked in the door. I'm like, okay, you have your sandwich and you take your shower and you watch your shows. I'm going to pace the apartment. I'll be timing the contractions. I'll call the doctor. You know, you just let me know when you're ready and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep walking here. And so we got there and, you know, I told the doctor, I'm like, you know, I'm 37 weeks. Uh. Wow, so yeah. you made it a lot yeah. farther than yeah. they if thought. If I hadn't gone into labor, they were going to induce me that week because it just, it's not safe to go that far with twins. They were born at 10.53 and 11.08, and they were 6.8 and 6.13. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, mm -hmm. Danielle. Yeah, they were big. Oh, were, my goodness. Yeah, they were healthy. Those are some big twins. Went home a week later and just mm -hmm. jumped into it. Started life. So then how long was CJ home again before getting deployed? He was home for their first year. Yeah. And in that year, there's he had training in Arizona. He had training in, um, in Southern California. Mm -hmm. He had training out in Palm Springs. Um, he had to do weeks at a time at sea. Um, and then at that point, he wasn't mm -hmm. the lowest guy anymore as far as rank. So then he had the job of training the new guys under him. And I, I sure. still remember one of our sergeants was like, boy, mm -hmm. you got to stop coming in like hungover and drunk every day, buddy. Like I got it that you're almost 21. And you want to go out to party, but like you got to pull it together in the morning. And he's like, no, I have twins at home. They're like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the problem. <laughs> Oh like, no, God. I'm not out partying anywhere. I have two kids. Did your mom stay out there with you for a while? Um, probably two weeks after okay. the boys were born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she so did you, so then once you had the boys, uh, did you stop going to school or did you re-enroll in school? Yeah. No, there was no way that I could have finished with his yeah. training schedule. I was on my own. Um, his training schedule was so sporadic. Mm -hmm. You know, there'd be days that he did come home at four. There'd be days that he didn't come home till 11 o'clock at night. Right. And say, okay, sure. I'm going to take night school because these days you'll be home. It just doesn't work yeah. like that. But I mean, we just, we did mm -hmm. life. We had training and um, we came back here for their first Christmas. We did, you know, spring break at the beach. Um, we bought a house. On their okay. first birthday, because family had flown in the weekend before, like for a birthday party. And we got the call that 
we had three accepted offers and at that point it was kind of our choice of which house we wanted but um it was it was a fast process Mm -hmm. i had gone out with the first realtor with a power of attorney because he was at sea training saw a bunch of houses didn't like them fired that realtor hired another realtor and i was like listen you got 24 hours Tell me what you have or you're not getting the deal because we're on a time constraint. Yeah, He's deploying in right. six weeks. Mm-hmm. What can you show me? Mm-hmm. Moved in in August and he deployed two weeks later in September. Yeah. Okay. So now he's deploying for second the time. second time. So tell us what that was It like. was kind of the same thing. Like we're just going to do what we have to do. Nothing really stopped. You know, I still took him to the pumpkin farms by myself. We went and saw Santa my mom and my brother came for Christmas. I was unpacking the house still, really. When he left, we still had mattresses on oh the floor. Gosh. We didn't, like, have furniture, getting to know mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, was the communication any different this this deployment, no. the second time out? No. no. Same difference? You got an email once in a while. You got a phone call once in a while. Nothing. Like, I guess, like, obviously that that's super hard for you, but I can't imagine being Mm -hmm. him too, you know, being somewhere, leaving these boys, leaving your wife Mm -hmm. and not even being able to make sure that like you're going to bed tonight. I think we had just been together for so long that people would ask him too, like, how is she doing? How are the boys? What's going on? He's like, they're just like, they're just doing it. Like Mm -hmm. she's going to do it. They're going to be fine. There's, not really anything to worry about. Yeah. And the first two deployments had been Muse, which is a Marine Expeditionary Unit. Um, so you leave on the big ship. Um, you're docked in, in Japan, Indonesia, Thailand. You're training with their governments. You're in Kuwait. You're in Jordan. Um, you're prepping. Like if at any point something big were to happen and teams needed to move into Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that, these units mm-hmm. are ready and they can move in country very quickly instead of something were to happen then you gotta wait and take six months to train a unit this unit's ready to go they're they're fine so he was never in day-to-day danger on these deployments Mm -hmm. at any point he could have been moved into a different country but for the most part Mm -hmm. it was training um he was seeing the world i was home for the twins for christmas and he was snowboarding in dubai he went to the dead Mm -hmm. sea he went to jordan he went um cave diving in japan he went surfing he just like the pictures of these ancient cities and all of them covered in mud at the dead sea i mean they they got to see the world yeah and so you know at this time like there's nothing to worry about because he's just training and Having fun. There was always the rumor. Right. Yeah. There was always the rumor. Oh, we're going to go mm-hmm. here. Oh, we're going to go here. Oh, we're going to move in here. But it didn't happen. Um, thankfully, mm-hmm. the closest they got was Kuwait. But they came home. Yeah. How um, long was end this of September to the mid April. Now, at this point, how old were the boys? Like, yeah. They were almost they two. They were then. almost two. Um, so. The unit uh, took the ship back to Hawaii. Okay. Um, and then they were there for a few days, and then they were going to come home a week later. 
some guys flew their wives out and took leave early and kind of had a vacation there. And of course I'm sitting at home pouting and I'm like, I'm here with these two kids and he's out there (laughs) surfing, partying in Hawaii. I still got to wait a week. All of our friends are going out there because they don't have kids and I'm just stuck here. And as I'm sitting there, you know, throwing this big temper tantrum that I still have to wait a week. I'm like, screw it. I'll clean the house next week. That's when he's coming home. doesn't matter. I'm not putting up his welcome home signs. I've got time. I put the kids to bed. I got a knock on the door in the middle of the night. He's like, "Is you need to come open the door here. Aww. And so again, we didn't have like the big ceremony at the base. He just showed up at the door at midnight a week early in his board shorts and a hoodie and his skateboard shoes with backpack. And we were back together again. Which is a like, I mean, that like that's mm-hmm. a testament to the two of you, you know, because I mean – me, if I was deployed and then I got back to Hawaii, I don't know that I'd be racing right. home right away. I might want to be on the beach for <laughs> yeah. just a moment. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did, but have a few um, days. it was a few days. But, but like to go, I mean, to come right yeah. back. It, I'm sure that was like the. It, it was just like the desire mm-hmm. to see you guys, to like be, to touch yeah. you guys. You know, like that's. Like, we all know about how difficult it right. is to not touch right. people right now with coronavirus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't imagine, like, that with your own right. wife mm-hmm. and your own children, yep. you know? like He came home late, and the next morning when the boys woke up, they were, what, a year and nine months? And I was like, Dad's here. We're back together again. This is what it is, you know? So did they remember yeah. him? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they knew who he was right away. There was no confusion. They went straight to him, hung out for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to the mall. We went out to dinner with some friends, jumped back into it. This is what it was. When he left, we had like mm-hmm. dirt and sand and rocks in our backyard. I had put sod in. So he went and bought a swing set. And he's like, okay, we're going to build a swing set because we have grass now and let's play. So in the military, you usually have about a year of dwell time between when you get home from one deployment before you leave for another deployment. Um, And within 24 hours of him coming home, he was signed up to leave again. Um, It was voluntary because they had just got back. You had to waive your dwell time. Sure. They're like, you just got back. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to talk to her. You've got the kids. He's like, no, I'm going. I remember sitting on the floor listening to the phone call. He's like, I'm going. And I said, I, no, there's no way that I'm stopping you. So sure. yeah, yeah, you are going. And we just went from happy homecoming to this is real. You're going to mm-hmm. Afghanistan and you're going soon. He was home for about six weeks. So were you upset that he said, you know, this was a volunteer and he said yes, or were you just I like, it is what it is? I knew that that's who he was. I knew that he... Mm-hmm. join the Marine Corps to make a difference and to fight. And these first two deployments didn't see combat and there was no way he was going to pass it up. And I was sad. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was 21. I was 21 years old. He was 22. And we've got these two mm-hmm. kids that are at that point, a year, nine months, a year and 10 months old. And he had just come back from his second deployment. So it's kind of like, I can fight you on this and kick and scream and cry, but it's not going to change it. So I better suck it up too. And we have to get ready. And we, this is, 
what we're going to do. This is what I married. This is the person that I married. This is what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. here we go. Your willingness to like sacrifice that part of your life too. I, I, not all people could do that. You know, like I, I certainly right. don't know that I'm strong enough to do that. Like it is not, not even right now. Like the fact that you were 21 years mm-hmm. old and had that strength already is like an inconceivable thought to me, you know, like I know what I was doing at 21 and it sure wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many people, when you go into the military, you the military becomes your life. You live on the base. Your yeah. neighbors are military members. You know, you're seeing the same people at the grocery stores, at the doctor's office, always kept it very separate. We never lived on the base. When we were in our apartment, we were probably a half hour drive for him to get to work. When we bought our house, Mm -hmm. he was over an hour drive to get into work. It was his career and he loved Mm -hmm. it, but it wasn't going to run our life. He wasn't going to worry about what he was wearing in the front yard, playing with the kids. Didn't need to be like that. And, and then, you know, eventually they saw us, you have a battalion barbecue and the big guy that's, that's Mm -hmm. out there, you know, you're going to run this, you're going to do that. You're going to, you know, go here is out there pushing his babies in the swings. So it's very different. It's very different for, for, for them to see that. Well, and that makes sense too, because it's just one of those things of, um, kind of like being on Mm -hmm. all the time. He never wanted that. With his first unit that we were with, uh, he didn't have to have the haircut. He didn't have to wear his rank and he didn't have to wear, you know, his, his name, his name tapes. Um, so when we were in town, Mm -hmm. you didn't even know he was a Marine. The, The second unit, it was more traditional. Oh, man, I'm so glad that he had a chance to really be himself. This is also the perfect spot to stop for now. Stay tuned to hear the rest of Danielle's story, where the rest of her life was forever changed. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, please reach out to us on our website at unapologeticallyupodcast.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Unapologetically You Podcast. And please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts so that we can continue to inspire you.